You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend, a perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Ranger, you feel my danger. This time I'm a bitch. Guess what that's for? All your excuses keep coming faster. But your mouth cannot run my blaster. This time a bitch gets the last word. This time a bitch gets the last word. Don't try to lie, cuz I know your passwords. Now here's your violin overreactor. This time a bitch gets the last word. It's Nooner Time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit Studios in Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner Time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Hey, baby. How hey, are baby. You? you know, um, okay, I feel like I need uh, to sit on some phone books. I can never, this mic thing never works out for me. It's either too low or too high. Yeah, you are, you are stretching. I can see I that. know. You know, stand up and there's what? a little level. No, I'm not going to start doing that. I'll be up and down. I'll get yeah, Go stuck. ahead and work on that. Let me talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, speaking of our intro, uh, so I was hanging out with uh, Kevin Sharp last night who oh, did our fun. intro. Yeah. So we went to the Detroit Music Awards Foundation kickoff party. Everybody said to say hi. <laughs> did to you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. It was packed, which, by the way, Detroit Music Awards will be April 21st. Yeah, April 21st. When do we start voting? When do we start voting? <laughs> well, they have to nominate people. It takes a while. Oh, can't we nominate but, them? Can no, oh no! Actually, there. Well, you know what? You, you might be able to now because of the show, but you have to be in entertainment now too. What do you mean? I'm in nominate. entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you. Are. I entertain all the time, oh, baby. Yeah, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could try it. <laughs> it's going to go through a bit of a panel, and, but <laughs> and hello, yeah. I have not gotten my letter to ask me to host it. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we'll, we'll contact Mr. Hertz. Yes. Yes. I, if you're I, listening, Mr. Hertz, yes. you know. I, I invited him again, once again, on our show. Oh, oh, you did? Yeah. What did he say? He, he said, sure. He did? Sure, email me. What The same thing he said last time. <laughs> Let's said, email him. Let yeah, me email I him. I did email him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, maybe we should put in the email, okay, this is our whatever time of, you know, come on, step up to the plate, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just for that, he's probably not going to let us into the show, so right. stop. Right. Uh, but there were a lot of people that I saw last night, um, former guests, and, and it, I made some new friends, so we're going to oh. have some new people on next year. But uh, T-Money was there. He was. Yes. What was he wearing? Oh, he looked sharp, he, as usual. He looked like he was there to win an award. Aw. <laughs> yeah, he always looked yeah, sharp. Yeah, he did. And uh, his fiance Gail, was there in uh, George Need and his brother, Brian, Alan Turner, um, hey, wait, Alan's coming on. So. Yes, he's going to be on in a few weeks. First, I think it's like the first week of December, oh, and he's got so much going on. So what was this And event? Brian Pastoria was there, too, oh, by the cool. way. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. What's he up to? Oh, my gosh. he's he's. I, when you think of Detroit rock and roll or the Detroit music scene, it, he, it's, you know, it's Brian, Brian. Yeah, Brian Pastoria. I mean, he's connected to everybody. He's, you know, he works with uh, Howard Hertz on the um, music call that they're putting together, and um, and then he's also um, working with Tommy Valentino out of oh, New wow. York, uh, and and so they're all connected. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. Yeah, so, it was fun. So what was the event for again? Um, it's the kickoff party. You know, they're talking about some of the changes that uh, they're going to make to the um, music awards, and uh, it's a fundraiser. Um, Where was it at? It's it was at the uh, casino in Detroit, the Greek Town. Oh, great! Hotel. Did you have to dress up? Did you dress up? Just not really. No, nothing cool. formal. <laughs> well, I always look cool. <laughs> oh, look at her laugh. <laughs> yes, you do. You always look super uh, cool. No, so um, 
No, but it was great networking too. I bet. So I did meet a lot of people and I passed out all my Nooner cards. Oh, good. So I need more cards. Oh, listen to you. Oh, oh good. Who you do you go, have booked, you by go, the way? Girl. Who do you, you have booked for girl. January, by the way? Huh? Uh, do I have anybody booked for January? Uh, let's see. It seemed like I did ask somebody to be on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, that's okay. JT. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to find some more guests. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Could you find I got Dave for you in September. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway, but um, so, and you were late again today? Because of Sue. What? <laughs> Ah, no, I'm teasing. I know we're only ki- we're yeah. only kidding, Sue. Yeah, that no, I a- wasn't late, Sue. But I no. told her our, my little story about yeah. you showing up, saying not to blame it on you. No, so. we're not blaming anything on Sue. If no. you're late, it's your fault, not Sue's fault. Sue's one of our. We don't best play the blame game here, listeners. I know. No, Hi, Sue. no, I wasn't late. I'm excited to be here. The yeah. weather has been phenomenal. Oh my gosh, and it's going to be 63 tomorrow. It's. I think it's going to be like this until Christmas, and then it's going to snow, and then starting January, we're going to go right back to warm weather. Oh, that's really? My pre- that's my prediction. I'm sticking oh, with it. I yeah. like. January is great prediction. Snow. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, I do too. Who can't like this weather, right? Mm. Perfect. Yeah. Good driving weather. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> She's already worried about January and a couple snowflakes yeah. on the ground. Oh, I am. <laughs> go get a four-wheel drive. What difference does it make? Oh, it helps for sure. No, not for I me. had a car not and I me. will never have a car it's in a, It's a mental for me. It's not, it has nothing to do with the yeah, vehicle. Okay. Yeah, okay. I just worry issues. about people like you on the road, the road rage people. <laughs> I, I'm a pretty good driver. No, I know, but you're one of those people that get angry. No, why You're not. like Rocky. Rocky's the same way. She's screaming at him. Oh, no, I, I just, don't do uh, that. I have never flipped anybody off ever. Really? No. Oh, good. No, I okay. don't. Uh-uh. Okay. No. Good. I talk a lot to people like, really, buddy? You're going to drive that slow? <laughs> that, doesn't, that does not surprise <laughs> hey, me about you. A couple <laughs> years ago, I'm going... Westbound on 696 towards Novi. It's a Sunday morning, and there's an old lady coming. I'm on eastbound. She's coming on westbound on the eastbound towards us. Oh wow! <laughs> oh. I checked wow. the news later uh, down in, off of Van Dyke. They had to put spike strips to stop the lady. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that was not me. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was on 75 north. Yeah, you sure that, that wasn't Jackie? I'm positive. Yeah, you were on north. Yeah, you go eastbound. And someone's uh, going westbound on the eastbound. Uh, gosh, it's scary. You just seen all the cart. We all went to the right. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, good thing it was daytime. Yeah, yeah, it was a Sunday morning. It was just like, and there was another friend of mine. We were all going to work out there, and I go, "We go, you see the old lady too?" Yeah, I just saw the old lady too. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's Aww. scary. You got to feel sorry for people that, yeah, are going the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> you see the state and not troopers, just on the roads. You see, yeah. see the state wrong troopers flying down life. the road too. <laughs> you can see the sirens flying down the oh, road. Man. Oh man, boy! And she's probably just minding her own business. Yeah, she probably didn't even. She looked like that. I noticed. Something. I go, what the. <laughs> Rocking out to some music yeah. and singing away like I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so, what else? Nothing really. No, you know, you look like you're still hurting there. I'm still. I'm better. I'm way, way better. Hurt my left shoulder. For mm-hmm. anybody wondering, um, lifting so, the drinks. Just a good. Yeah, <laughs> it's my left arm, so I can still. You know. Um, I don't know. I think too much raking and uh-huh. you know walking the dog and letting her pull me instead of. You know, having me walk her. No, yeah. you jumped in the leaf pile, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, it's just stuff. So, yeah, I kind of, I had to take it easy this weekend. Yeah. But I'm doing better. Good. I'm on the mend. Okay. I'm not complaining. And right. it does, It. I will say this. It puts things in perspective and it does remind you. I, I look outside at all the leaves and I can't rake and it's like, okay, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Slow down a little bit. And, mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Drink a little more. You know? Yeah. Drink a little more. <laughs> Read a little less. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Anyway, thanks well, for asking. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're here. Um, so anyway, speaking of Detroit Music Awards and fantastic musicians, we have a very special person in the house today. I know we do. So let's get on to our favorite segment. Our favorite segment. I lost my bell again. No. Ring that bell, JT. There you go. It's time for our favorite segment. What's? Oh, wait. Come on. Make it better than that. <laughs> JT, JT better. you're like on the short list here with her, yeah. you know. What's you didn't get she cup. thinks I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> her husband? Ring my bell. There's the other Bob, too. <laughs> you know, her husband's name is Bob. Yeah. yeah. It's time for our favorite segment. We know that. What's the wish? What's the way? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, 
and turn setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. And inspiring the story is. And if this doesn't inspire you, then I'm not sure what will. But it has been said that every test in our life makes us bitter or better. Every problem comes to make us or break us. The choice is ours, whether we become victim or victor. On September 20th, 1997, a young, hardworking college student named Eric Patrick Thomas was faced with that test. A random shooting left him paralyzed from the neck down. In a split second, his world had changed. But instead of being consumed with sadness and anger, Eric realized that the dreamer inside was not paralyzed. His determination to move forward with his goals and dreams led him to do something that for many seemed unthinkable. He forgave his shooter. And it was that decision that set him free. Today, Eric is an entrepreneur involved in multiple businesses, including managing his company called EZ Awareness by Design, travels the country for speaking engagements, and he's an advocate for people with disabilities. Also joining Eric is Jesse Sackman, who is the graphic designer for Easy Awareness by Design. And I think that sometime today we're going to hear from DJ Sandman, the founders, uh, founder of Sandbox Studios, and also uh, Graham Rockwood, the music therapist that uh, Eric works with. They are part of the D-Man Foundation. So welcome to the Nooner Show. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you. What a great introduction. Well, I, I could have gone on and on and on. Do, do I get to have some of those papers so I can write some like oh it's like you were writing a song oh really <laughs> yeah. wow setbacks comebacks is, there you go yeah. well I loved the, the, what you're about the victor not being a victim but a victor the quote the quote well, that's not my quote so. I know okay I wish it was but it wasn't oh. but it, I thought it was so fitting you know yeah. because really that that's the test that he went through so okay Eric let's let's go back to um, and, and we know that you have shared this story hundreds, maybe thousands of times. Um, in fact, just this past week, you were on uh, the Ask Dr. Nandy show. Yes. Right? Um, and I know you uh, you actually performed on his show, too. We did, yep. I performed with Calvin. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so for the people that don't know the story that are listening today, take us back to September 20th, 1997. Well, so. It was September 19th coming out of oh, the studio. Sorry. Well, it's September 20th when the shooting happened. Oh, okay. But September 19th, we just finished working on our music. Miscellaneous was the group that I was in, and we were going to have an album release party that night. So everything from the preparation of what to wear and getting the haircut and just the, the, the energy and the excitement of releasing a project that we put a lot of hard work in, uh, it um, it was there, and then we had the party at our house that all three of us lived. So we had a a professional situation at a unprofessional location. Okay. So lesson learned, and uh, I was inside the house, and I went outside just to check the parking lot um, to make sure that people were, you know, having a good time, but they weren't in my neighbors' yards and things, just keeping things in order. I probably was out there maybe for five minutes, and I was going to go back into the house, and I was right in front of the steps, and then out of nowhere, someone pulled a gun, shots went off, boom, boom, boom. Instantly, I was struck. The bullet went into my third vertebrate, and it's lodged vertical between the third and fourth. I dropped the cement, and uh, then it was just, I was out in and out of conscious. And people were screaming, and you could hear them, but I couldn't move, and I lost the ability to move from the neck down, really move anything. And um, at the same time, also to to yell out or speak or ask for help or say, I'm here or I hurt or anything. And, uh, and then I also lost the ability to breathe. So I was trembling, like shaking, and, um, I w- and, and going in and out of conscience, like, and I remember looking up at the sky and and just trying to put everything in perspective. Majority of the people that were there, they they left. They kind of went to save themselves or they didn't like stay and jump into action. Um, there was a, a few people that did. And there was a person that was taking EMT classes who played football with me because we played football together. And uh, he stabilized me. 
Wow. Let yeah. me ask you something. Did you realize at that moment what happened? I, not at the flash, but my I could hear like you have a you have like almost like um, tinnitus when people like explain that that ringing that was happening. And then you could hear, like, Eric's been shot. This is, you know, so I was putting it together, but it was just trying to figure everything out at one time. It was, I mean, I knew, like, I, I, I knew what was happening. And all everything was shut down. So even if I wanted to tell you that I was alive, I wasn't able to. Wow. And what time was this? Like, how far into the party did this happen? I think it was around two in the morning, one thirty. Oh, okay. It was in so, the morning. Okay, and the so the party was late at, night. It was yeah. at your house. It was. It was at our our house. Uh, okay. Our group miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. Did somebody call an ambulance? Well, there wasn't like cell phones at that time. Like, oh. you know, we we had pagers. There was the the landline. Um, for people that are listening, they don't know what a landline. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was the actual phone that was attached to a wire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> and uh, and we had them unplugged in the house, and I think the neighbors may have called the police because I when I went back after the rehab and talked, they kind of gave me like what happened that night, you know how how long the the, the gunfire lasted and things like that. How long did it last? Did it hit anybody the, else? The neighbors said like thirty seconds, like it, like within a thirty second period. How many bullets were shot? Do you know? We don't know. There's some on the side. The majority of them are all right to the DJ van, and then like right by the side of the house. So no one else got hit but you. No. Did uh, did they catch the shooter or shooters? No, they didn't. They they really didn't do a, a, any type of investigation. Uh, they just kind of blamed like you do hip hop music. This is what comes with the territory and. That's no kind of where way. it was at. Um, I went into the the, wow. the hospital as a, under an alias, and the detective that they assigned didn't even show up till like four days later. But that was after constant calling from my mom. Are you my mom, serious? my stepdad, and my my dad? Something like because you know I, my parents are remarried, and uh, uh, yeah, it is. There's there's no police report. I don't know. How can you there know, not the, be a police report? I know. I know my caregivers do more paperwork than well, the, But so. is, is the case still open? I don't know. It doesn't, you know, doesn't it's so far case. away, it doesn't even, it's not going to change anything. Uh-huh. The only thing The only thing that I would hope it would, like, if that person or people that that did it, that they wouldn't do it again. That would be the the oh. one thing that would change or that I would hope that, you know, you know, if they caught the person, so they didn't do it again. But um, if the person was listening right now, what would you say? What would you want to say to him? Uh, well, I already gave forgiveness, so that's up to that's up to their relationship and uh, you know, their maker. Wow. So and uh, hopefully they, I don't know that they they uh, they don't do it again, and that they did get away with it. Or if they want to, you know, if they ever turn themselves in, I mean, it's not going to change anything with me physically. Mm-hmm. If they walked into the police department right now, I, I'm still paralyzed, you know. Right. And uh, it's 19 years later, mm-hmm. and I've learned to take triumph over tragedy and just move on. You know, I cut that that anchor, as I would say, like in the you know the water, and let my ship sail, and 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 we're focused on myself. And getting stabilized and also at the same time helping other people. So, I mean, whatever happens, like my forgiveness has been has been done. And it really did help with my rebuild with with my rehabilitation and just working on myself. Like I I went another direction and when I was asked for forgiveness and rehab by a, a chaplain that prays over people mm-hmm. that I did not know. It was like that was like my my uh, moment in testimony, mm-hmm. but like the spotlight of the world was on me, and how was I going to answer? Because I've been in fights before, you know, and yeah, and over small stuff, right? And I found a person one time drinking my Tropicana strawberry twister. So it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, so I mean, but did you forgive that person? I, we we forgave each other that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm we, yeah, we were good. Yeah, we were friends the next like a couple hours later, but. It was like everything I learned in life 
um, whether it was I got bullied or whatever it was, it was like that answer was the right answer. And I felt it, and I think that's why, well, I don't think, I know that's why everything went the direction it is. Mm-hmm. Um, things are provided, and I, I don't worry and stress about it. And the life has not been bitter. Has it been hard? Heck yeah, it's been hard. Mm-hmm. You know, is there obstacles? Huge obstacles. You know, m- mountains is, you know, bigger than Pike's Peak is, you know, and there's step forward and step back, but we just keep pushing. I mean, the, you know, I in the hospital, I wanted to, to live and live out those dreams and goals and just, and didn't matter what, you know, what the circumstances were. I was going to figure out the ability or the way um, to make it happen. Wow. And it sounds like that happened fairly soon Yeah, for you. Uh, I would say, like, pushing on and living, uh, you know, because I never said I wanted to, to not live or anything like that. That never crossed my mind. Uh, that happened in the hospital. Uh, was there some anger? Was there some emotion? Of course. And that's all about the – that's all about your rehab you know, it takes it takes time. It takes time. It takes a year. And then you have to, after rehab, you go right back into the world. So you're taken away for a while. The world keeps spinning without you. That's where you learn. Right. You learn that the world keeps going without you. And then when you come back to it, then you're transitioning. That's only six months I was away. So learning the new technology and people and mm-hmm. it was, it was, a, oh, it was overstimulating. It was a lot to take in. So I could imagine someone, you know, that gets locked up for a long time and coming back, it's without that proper rehab, it's it's got to be really tough because there's so much to take in. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, wow. you know, to, to have somebody there to kind of coach you through how you, and like you said, it was a year for you. Yeah, six months. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. sorry. Okay. So, uh, yeah, six months. So then that was enough just to. To, to um, you know, just take. To, um, it's okay. Got a cough. That's all right. Um, to take That's it all right. in. Yeah. So it, it was just, um, and I, I've spoken at like juvenile facilities before, and and we, they said that's how they felt when they were released the first time and they were back again. So it's just you have to have that rehab. You have to have people working with you. Mm-hmm. You know, helping. It's it's a it's rehabilitating you. Is yeah. that what you tell the the kids when you go and do speaking engagements like that? It just depends where I go, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say that was that was the helping process. And I always ask, like, what are they doing for you? You know, while you're in here, and then when you're going to transition out. See, it's all a transition process. You know, going from the hospital, you transition to rehab. Re- going from rehab, you're going to transition back out there, uh, out of this facility that has all these people that can take care of you. Uh, into maybe somebody that's only a, you know one person that's going to do your care. Like, what do you do? Um, I got to go to my mom and stepdad's house, but a lot of times people go to nursing homes or group homes, but they don't want to go there. You know, they don't want that. A twenty-year-old person does not want to go to a group home right. or a nursing home. They want to live independently and go back and and have an independent life and right. go to college or. You know, accomplish goals or and figure life out and right. have a girlfriend, boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, and, go, and uh, a family or whatever. They want to do it. Everybody else, as they were looking at adults. The other thing is, is that you grow up really fast, so you become an adult like that. Did that? I mean, did did so that, so that happened to you? I mean, you were twenty when it happened. Twenty, yeah. And you're playing music and you're having parties and and all the you know a group of friends and then. All yeah, that changed? It changed faster than a flash. What happened to the friends that were at the party? I was going to ask um, that. The bandmates, especially. Uh, well, uh, Ryan uh, Acapella, he ended up going back to Flint and taking photography. Or he, we were in ph- the photo program together, but he started doing um, photography for the Flint Journal. And now he's down in Detroit. He's won like five or six awards. Mm, wow. Yeah. Do you for keep him. in touch with him? I, I see his parents more because of where my mm-hmm. shop is. Mm-hmm. They come in and we talk. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him in a, in a while. And Big Perm Cameron, he passed away two or three years ago um, from either an aneurysm or a stroke, some, oh, wow. something to that matter. It might be a stroke. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he continued 
his music and just kept going solo and is doing collaborations with everybody. Uh-huh. He's so talented, so talented Perm was. Wow. Or Perm is, you know, it's... Um, and then I just sat back and just watched people perform and stuff. I didn't... I, I would... I mean, I just... I, I never thought, the, well, I knew that it was possible, but it took 17 years later until to doing music again. And I love it. Did you miss that the most? Oh, yeah. When I watched TV and I saw people perform, yeah, it definitely hurt a little bit. That's for sure. Can I ask you about um, one of the interviews that you did in May of 2015 with Christina DeBusk? Yes. uh, Which was a great article that she did. She's an author and a writer. Um, But in that interview, and I didn't see this anywhere else, and that's why I want to ask you about it. Um, You were talking about the events that happened and you were explaining how you just got up in the middle of a conversation to go outside. And you said in the interview, it was almost like it was set up. Uh, right. And um, I was inside the house and I was on the step, uh, the steps that lead upstairs and I was, I was in mid conversation and I just stood up and walked outside. It was almost like it was just like meant to happen. So it wasn't it was like, like there was no explanation, nothing. No, I know, and normally at there. our parties, I don't go outside. Uh, I'm usually inside talking to people, mm-hmm. you know, networking, making sure people are having a good time. Uh, the outside was never mine. And I just, and, and to be in mid conversation and just stand up and walk just out. say, I don't think I'm just going to go outside. And uh, it's, you know, I, it's like a force that just took me out there. I don't. So wow. when you say set up, you don't you don't, yeah, mean I don't someone mean like, right. said go outside or come on outside or right. it was set up by a, yeah. on a spiritual level. Yeah, I mean it was like it, that's how it was. What do you, you think? Know, and and uh, you know I remember and I talked to a person a couple of years ago and he's I remember him saying you know it didn't happen uh, it didn't happen you know sometimes situations don't happen to us they happen for us mm. so it kind of I don't know it's. There's so many things that have happened and people that have received help and there's people that have gotten married and there's family and there's new kids and that's happened from this situation or from what's happened. So it's, there's, there's a lot, there's new people that you've met that you may have not have ever met, you know? And so it's like, would you go back and, and not have that night? Well, you're not able to have both. And it's just, I was wondering about that. If when hmm. you look back at that night, if you think I wish I would have stayed inside, or it sounds like you have the, you know, uh, whatever the the thought that it did happen, and you're going to make the most of it, and it very well could have happened for well, a reason beyond your knowledge. And here, yeah. if you think about it, you know, usually when you hear about stories like this, I know people like me will will say will think things like. Well, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, but he was at his house, you know, where he was supposed to be. So he wasn't at the wrong place at the wrong time. So that's why I could understand when you made that comment. Yeah, it's just, um, there's just so many amazing things that's that's happened from it. Well, not let, just to me, but what to other people, to other people just in this world. I mean, it's just, I get Facebook posts all the time. You know, if you look on my wall when... There, there was some from the Dr. Nandy show. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, hey, you called me at the right time, at the right moment to help me get through, you know, whatever I was getting through. Your story helps a lot of people. Um, Not just the story. Uh, just I have really good timing sometimes. I guess. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know. It's it's a blessed life. And um. You know, I know what it's I know what it's like not to be able to have nothing. You know, like not to be able to eat food, not to be able to breathe, not to be able to talk, and not to be able to move. And when you regain that, besides the movement, obviously I have some slow paralysis from the neck down. But everything is like it's it's so humbling to have. You know, it's 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 such a blessing, it's such a it's it's a joy, it's experience. When I eat, it's like I know what it's like not to be able to do it. Wow. And I, I don't and until that happens to someone that they won't right. they won't understand. I mean I can explain it, but 
to be able to just breathe right now without a ventilator, to go outside and just breathe that just that crisp air, just without a ventilator, is, it's amazing. It's How long were you on a ventilator? Five and a half months. Wow. wow. Four screws in my head for the the halo. Wow. So that was also another thing. Um, you know, and it's just I just know what it's like to lose. Like, you know, I I just got a new car from the first time instead of driving a. Hoopty after hoopty after hoopty. I finally got like a car that was close to the year. So I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'd wash it. Like I would wash it like every day. I mean, it was like, and I just got that in July with my birthday. I bought it. I didn't buy it. I mean, I was pay, making payments, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then September is when the shooting happened. And it was like, while I was in, re, while I was in the hospital rehab, I was still making payments on the vehicle. They wouldn't take it back, so it was like wow. I finally got that, and it was just the co- college was going good, and I had uh, I, I was um, working a couple jobs. I don't know, just you know, everything was just right at the the top of the world, and it just crashed and split second or faster than this. I don't even know if there's a measurement of how fast it crashed. So, how did you get back on top of the world? I, uh, for for I would say like good support, mm-hmm. you know, people coming to see me in the hospital. That's the start of it. Um, that's the start of it. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, believing in God and and everything. I mean, that's when when you're down like that, you don't have any anybody, you know, because people go away. And you, right, it's. You know, you have to you have to have it, and I'm I'm glad that I learned that young, because uh, it helped me tremendous. It still helps every day, right? You know, every day. Um, and from the hospital, just you know, the the family and the friends that were there, and then going to rehab, and then that's what I was saying. It's a transition process. It's not something that happens overnight. Right. And having good good team, good medical staff, good. You know, everything at the same time, me listening to, you know, to them, mm-hmm. to their professions and then just and pushing forward just you know, making it surviving, you know, survival, survival, the, the, you know, just like my city, you know, the Rocky Balboa, you know, just, you know, getting back up yeah. and just getting back up and take a couple of hits and getting back up, you know, just not quitting. Right. Um, and uh, just, you know, that you have goals and I had goals and things I wanted to accomplish. So how am I going to succeed if I just give up? You know, I, right. and obviously you might people will sit back and not try for a little bit because based on how they feel. But if you want something bad enough, if you're just that hungry, then I that's what it was, you know. And I was trying to just get back, like I was trying to get back to what I was doing before. So I probably a little stubbornness too, because when I got out of rehab, I was like, well, I'll just do what I was doing before. Go back to the same college, do the j- same job, and it is that got old quick. So yeah. <laughs> stubborn went over reality first. When did you get back into music? When did you start writing, and how did that happen? Uh, I I have a laptop, uh, and there's a software called Dragon. Actually speaking, and I was I don't know, I was writing somewhat, but when I met Ziad in. Um, March uh, March 6th, for the first time in person at the Detroit Pistons game. That's where we met in person. We, we talked on the phone before. Okay, and Ziad and, is the founder of D-Man correct. Foundation. And he told me about this foundation that he was going to start, and it was going to be barrier music therapy and assisted travel. And so it was kind of like, I think that he also was like, you'll be able to do music again. We didn't really know, like, like what you know, we just kind of knew where the start was happening. And that's kind of I was like, yeah, okay, I'm down, whatever, you know, yeah, let's 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 do it. And so that's kind of like uh, that was our meetup, that wow. was our first time meeting, and uh, that was that just it went from there. We had a lot of meetings, and Z brought a lot of people to the to the table, and and everybody else brought their resources and their know hows to the table, and, and before you know it, D Man and and. And uh, Sandbox Studio are, are you know, in the same building. And, right. And that's, like, really where the big jump start happened for that, to, to be able to say, 
now there's a studio for people to come and work. Because before we were just fundraising and having these events and saying, this is what it's going to look like, or this might be what it looks like. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Nabil, uh, DJ Sandman, he relocated his whole life from where he was, where his studio was, mm-hmm. up to here, up to Berkeley, where the where the D-Man Foundation um, and Sandbox is. Wow, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, he, he completely relocated. Wow. Yeah, and so, there, um, and then uh, it was available. You know, the, the studio was there, and it was like, wait, this is reality now. And that was and the it, first time you thought, I can... Get in there and get sing back and, into music. Yeah, and and actually, the interesting thing was is like the first time, the one of the very first sessions, it was after the Dream Cruise, Dreams Come True on Woodward, and Z came in, and he was showing Nabil uh, on the laptop a video, and it happened to have the song that Nabil already that he created, and it was the which is now I'm a D Man song. Oh, and he, I was watching yeah, the, the video. Yeah, I was watching the video with all of us from the D-Man, you know, in our in the convertible cars. And it was just like, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, I got to get in the booth like right now. Oh. Like it just came like that. The like, lyrics? No, not the lyrics. The the hook. Oh, the hook. And it was only the small part. It was just, I'm a D-Man. That's it. Okay. So he was like, oh, you want to work on this thing? I'm like, no, no, I, I need to go in there right now. Play that beat. That beat. And then he did. And I just said. You know, I'm a D man, you know, and that's it. And then, then I'm a D man. And I was like, that's it. Then it was time, so um, we were like, let's let's create something's gonna happen from this. Like I saw the vision from that video, and then uh, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I called my friend uh, Kean when I left there. I said, Hey, man, I'm gonna get back into making music. I was wow. like, can you like can you come through over the weekend? It was like, I'm I'm available, I think on Sunday or something like that. So he came over. This is a guy that I used to perform with. Like we're we're old hip we're we're friends, but we're old hip hop heads. He's always been like twenty years ahead of time of the music. Um always doing research, just a real a guy that I respect a lot. And he came over and so I played the beat and I knew that he would help me like construct the the start of it you know because i i i just i just knew i had to be with him and then we we talked about what's the d-man foundation danny's miracle angel network be the miracle this and this and this you know and broke it down and then we broke down the wheelchair and we broke down like who i am and and easy awareness by design and then we started structuring and that's where the song started to get structure Wow. Now, yep. you guys just released a vi- but, the video on Monday, uh, Yep. right? Yeah, we did. But after that, this has been rewritten five times now. Oh. Yeah, so this is this is something that has, has changed, you know. And yeah. then when we went to Vegas, and then so that was, so it was really the, the, the open conversation and working um, with him that really said, like, we talked about it. He talked about, like, with your airflow, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be able to do things that you're gonna be able to breathe, you know, the delivery, all this stuff, you know, just and then, um, uh, and then, uh, then when we went out to Vegas, Calvin and I and C, that's where we started working on the song again, um, in a in a in L A. We went to L A. and we went and worked on the studio there. Then we brought it back. Now it's I'm on it. Now Kelvin's on it, and then Marty was out there as a surprise, so he got on the song. And then uh, uh, I had an idea for the chorus, but it didn't fit yet. And then Kelvin and I we went and looked at the chorus, and and then we were like, okay, this fits too. Let's do this. So it's it's been passed down. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, we we reworked it, but that's fine. You know, the more you keep reworking something when you keep polishing it and polishing it. Right. And then now it's became the anthem. And then, you know, as you just said, the music video. And then we 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 did the final over, you know, back over at DJ Sandman. And DJ Sandman did all the things, you know, everything he needed to do, you know, with the the beat and everything. So And it started with a beat that he made a while ago, I guess. Right. That's what he was saying. So it's just, it just organically grew it was just amazing. Wow. But that was like the start of me energizing me 
back into like saying you can do it again. So it all started from that, from that, the dreams come true on one word to the video, to the beat to the video. It is, that's how things work. And and how many songs have you written? Because I know you, you've written more than that one. Now you have. Yeah, I have probably about like, about, I think about eight or 10 that are on throughout my Evernote right now. That's what, because I lost a few when my laptop went down, I couldn't find them. So I started putting everything on Evernote, which is like a, a cloud. And then um, I did uh, the the D-Man, the D-Man Volume 2 album just came out. Right. And I have a song called EIB on there. Right. Which is I pay a homage to the Dr. Seuss from the old school book of Sam I Am or Green Eggs and Ham. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, so because uh, the project that I'm working on is 2020, which is 20 years before injury and 20 years after injury, God willing, that, you know, it's— Everything will come out September 20th of 2017. And then I'm also in Flint where I'm at. I'm working with the producer. Well, what Bain is Town. the project? What is Which the, one? The one that the one the that, man? Yes. I, what, what, um, I interviewed, I had an idea of interviewing my mom and my, my dad about like what was my influence, what inspired me, what food did I eat, what did I listen to uh, while I was a child growing up. And so they kind of, I, I, I have that. I have that information. Like, I know what my walls looked like when I was in a baby crib. And I still, like, I found out that that's, you know, that's why my walls are the way they are now. Uh, I found out that I was named after a musician. My mom named me after Eric. Eric Patrick Clapton. I'm Eric Patrick Thomas. So uh, there's a lot of things you learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, Why the food that you eat now and the habits and just everything and so, so is it sort of a documentary it's like an auto there's somebody said the word one time and i forgot what that word was and i'll i'll get it it's like an autobiography it, it, it's got it's got speaking it's got audio it's gonna have video and like, are you planning on releasing that september 20th of 2017 correct that'll be 20 years before 20 years after okay so will it well i guess is it going to be like a video or is because I know that you you're gonna do fundraisers to raise funds for yeah for the project mm-hmm. for sure yes I am okay I don't know how much I need to raise yet I need to I need to kind of sit back and work out the logistics and figure 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 that out but will that be for a video or will that be for the whole project so that will be or whatever is going into this project okay, okay. um there uh. There will be different songs pertaining on different things within my life, you know, even like watching Saturday morning cartoons and Bob Ross and then, you know, going into middle school and whatever was the the things that I guess I, I think like some inspiration also grows your maturity. Mm-hmm. And so it's I'll see where it takes me. So sort of like highlighting the defining moments mm-hmm. in your life. And then you got the 20 up. years after the yeah. the injury. So that's where it's going to get, you know, it's probably going to get dark a little bit to try and release those those emotions or bring people down into the feelings. So everything's not going to be all like happy and fun, you know. Right. But it's it's okay because it's the way it's it's being structured, it's going to. It'll be different. Well, it sounds you know. interesting. How how did your parents handle all? Have they handled all of this? Mm. Were they as forgiving? I'm as sure you it's were? still tough for them. Uh, both of them, all of them, you know, stepped up. My stepdad. I mean, like, it's. I just. I. I, I mean, obviously, I'm not in a nursing home or group home, so. They really, you know, everybody. Far really, from it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, when people see me, they're like, when did you get injured? I'm like 19 years ago. Like, whoa. Like, you're so healthy looking. Or, yeah, you, know? you really are. And so, um, and I mean, as much support as I could ever need. I mean, you know, they're, they're there. They're the backbone. All of them. All four. Wow. You know, and they, and, and it was all a part. They had to learn. Right. It wasn't like I went to my mom's house and we weren't like. Trying to, it wasn't like, hey, this is, you know, I'm in Candyland or something. Right. It's, it was, it was tough. Right. You know, snowball emotions and getting caregivers and just 
figuring things out. There's not that book. So right. life life changed for everybody. You know, speaking of it is it's like a ripple effect. So you drop that rock in the water and the ripples go and it's still they're still going. I watched a video. Uh you were traveling from Detroit to LA. Yeah. And you must have had a camera on your forehead. A right? GoPro. Mm-hmm. GoPro. There you go. And um I was riveted watching this video and I had so many questions as I was watching it, but it, it kind of it kind of goes along with what you're saying right now. And I know that you speak on a national level and a and a local level about getting um, things passed for people with disabilities, right? Yes. So let me just kind of set up. I don't know if you saw that video, but you it's not an easy thing to get on an airplane <laughs> when you're in a wheelchair. You're a comedian too, huh? There. <laughs> There were she how many, so. I don't know, four, five, six. Then there were probably people that were behind you that I couldn't even see. Mm-hmm. Big guys. I mean, I, I laughed a couple of times at their faces like they were like, oh, my God, what do we do? Oh, my God, what do we do? And yeah. you you basically had to tell everybody what to do. Correct. Move my hands. Um, put that under my leg. Could you straighten my feet out? Um, mm-hmm. They took you from your wheelchair uh, into another wheelchair onto the plane, into your seat. Um you know, you can see the the flight attendant at some point, you know, telling somebody that was helping you, there's people behind you. I mean, it looked it looked a lot of things. It looked overwhelming. It looked um, chaotic. It looked uh, um, on one hand, I thought, wow, all these people came out to help. Um, you seem so calm the whole time, just kind of giving orders and telling people what to do. And I thought all that just to get on an airplane. Yes. So. What do you do when you go to talk to the government, if you will, about passing things? I mean, what kind of changes do you want to see that make people with disabilities' lives easier? Well, uh, um, who is it? Uh, trying to think of it. one of our D Man artists. It's on the volume one or volume two album. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it is. It's not Tony Banks. It's uh, might be Jeremy. Trevor, okay. uh, it's if it ain't right, make it accessible. Oh. I'm having a sorry out there from the D Man family. It's it's if it ain't right, make it accessible. Oh. So it's that's it, kind of where it's at. We're we're almost going to 2017, right? And it, that song explains it. You know, like I I want to get up, I want to go to the store, uh, but there might not be a curb cut, right? There may not be a or or I might need to park. Or somebody's parked that, in your spot. Not that VIP parking, just to be able to get out of the vehicle and get in. That's what those hash marks are. That's what the the uh, accessible parking is. You know, for vans or you know, for people to be able to get out of their vehicle, get in the vehicle. Then you need to get into the ve- the, the the store. There's no automated doors, so then you have to get. And then maybe there is an automated door, but then you're not able to fit down the aisle. And that's all in that song. And that song is. Uh, uh, it really explains it. Um, it would help if they had to get in wheelchairs mm-hmm. and somebody were to Live bind like their legs and their arms mm-hmm. and say, now get around. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that wouldn't even completely encompass everything that you have to go through. But the well, plane, could, the seat on that plane that you were in. Yeah. Well, uh, well, accessibility is not just for like someone that's like like me. My accessibility would definitely be for wheelchair access. I, you know, uh, But you got to think you have people that are blind, they're um, deaf. Cognitive, you know, so all the things with uh, all those things, um, even on the websites, the magnif- you know, magnifying the, the font and everything like that and voting and, you know, you name it. So, yeah, it's that's not that's so it's, it's accessibility for everyone. And, you know, and that's what I go and that's what I do when I do go. I do not go for myself. In fact, sometimes I'm the last person. I forget to talk about myself. They'll actually remind me to be like, hey, Eric, you forgot to tell me about. Oh, yeah, because I go there and I, I talk about visitability homes um, where people can come and visit, you know. What if you have a home and you want someone, you you have a friend that's deaf or, or blind or a little person or whatever it is, how will they be able to navigate in that home if you've just made the home just to yourself? You know, you have, how are friends going to come and visit or family members? So it's kind of like those are the things you have to think about. Uh, and you'll start thinking about it the more you get around me. The more other people start thinking about the accessibility, the right. Braille on the elevator or, you know, the, the curb cuts with the truncated domes, those circles yeah. for the blind. You know, it's uh, – um, uh, 
there's all kinds of different things. Uh, but there has to be – we've came a long ways. We've definitely came a long ways. And there are people that came before us that have made it easier for my path or for our path. So it's it's our mission and it is our – we need to be an advocate for ourselves and for others. And we need to make it easier so that we can open the door for people that may be like us, you know, and – you know, 20 years or that will come right. after us. And that definitely with the airplane, the, as far as I know, there is no wheelchair accessible airplane. That, that's wow. why well, well, I was thinking that, that there, there and the seats, there's not a wheel, a, a section completely designated for wheelchair. No, because wow. you do not bring your chair on the plane. You take your chair. That is your lifeline in many ways. Right. Yeah. That's your, that's your I mean, mobility. That's your, right. That's your mobility. So you have to take your chair, whether it's a manual chair, power chair, and then you transfer it to an aisle chair. Now, if you're, if you have the upper strength, you can transfer yourself. You, you could do that. Um, the, the airline has a thing called CROs. So they will be there to help us. Is that what all those guys were? Yeah. That's what they were. So that's, and I brought a, a sling to help them too. So when they lifted me out of the power chair into the aisle chair, which the aisle chair, if you've ever seen like Cannibal Lecter, that's what it reminds me of. Yep. It's, it's, it's like a dolly with a seat that like half my butt cheek. Yeah. Know? Oh, I know. I, I was laughing yeah. when you're like, uh, could you like, when, even when you got on the seat, like, could you like straighten my hips out? And I mean, yeah. all the things you yeah. had to tell people. You have to. Right? Yeah. And this, this is not just me. This is. I think it's better um, just doing fireman carry, to carry down than using that chair. <laughs> Two oh, guys yeah. do it. It's much easier. <laughs> And then, and then, and then you have to worry about your chair being put on the plane. That is correct because yeah. now they have to take it into cargo. It goes with the luggage. It goes in cargo, so you have to worry about it getting destroyed. Oh. And and these these airlines they carry insurance because the last flight I took, my chair got broke. Went oh to wow! DC. Not only did it get broke, but when I went on the plane, they came back. Delta came back on the plane and said, "We're sorry, your chair will not fit." So these are your options, which there wasn't any options, but just to take the flight and they would fly my chair the next flight. So I had to sit in the Delta situation room, as we called it, and a chair, <laughs> actually a chair that's uh, similar to the ones we're in, but a lot a lot thinner with wheels and sit there and wait for my chair to get there. It was like two, two hours, two and a half hours. I Facebook live the whole thing. So you can go on my Facebook page and you can see all the videos and keep updated. And so, yeah, that's... So that's how it is. The same with wheelchair taxis, everything. I mean, I guess you know maybe to to understand the world, try to uh, travel. You know, contact the contact the company and say you know I need a wheelchair van or I need you know wheelchair access. But it's not just wheelchair. Like I said, it's it's you know blind, deaf. Right. It's it's all across, and we just got to get better. We just got to do it. Well, we have to do what, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you and you're in this right. great hat and this great sweatshirt, um, which I want, <laughs> black and white, some of my favorite colors. Um, and in big letters, it says Inspire, which is obviously what you do. Tell us a little bit about your business and, and all of that. Uh, well, the business is EC Awareness by Design, stands for Eric and Ziad, Bring Awareness by Design. And... Uh, that's what it is. Without awareness, you're invisible. That's the tagline. And uh, the, you mentioned the inspire. The inspire really happened. It, it was the one word that someone always would say when I would tell my story, even from rehab. That was the one word in the newspaper articles. And then uh, we had, uh, um, it, when once I got the company in November of 2011, uh, put it. We are. We finally had the the um, avenue to put it like on clothing. And then the, the big uh, like eye opener was when I went to a school and was wearing it. And then we saw all the kids they were like, I want to do better. Like that word, like the word like this was so powerful. Right. And that's why one of the quotes says, you know, I didn't know how powerful one word could be till I wore it on a shirt. And uh, so that's, it's we catchy. Just, we made it public, but I've talked to people and they said, I think that just inspire is like in your DNA, and the the shooting just kind of intensified it. So it you were it out. inspirational even before the shooting. Uh, by talking to people from before, just to, you know, uh, they said that there was always things like the goals and the the plans and the dreams and things like mm. that. 
Like I always, and I would always make sure if you came to my house, I'd be like, Hey, you can go to the fridge or, you know, I would make sure that you were, if you were hungry, eat food. Like, Hey, can I just eat it? Like, just make sure you ask. Now with the company, um, what, what you have hoodies, you have baseball caps. What else? Wristbands, decals. Okay. And people can order those. Correct. So how do they order them? They can go to inspireshirt.com. Okay. Inspireshirt.com. Please uh, go there and order something because it continues the mission of of um, what I'm doing, and it helps a lot of people. Well, and I have to tell you, I, I'm ordering three baseball caps because I have a pizzeria, my husband and I do, and oh, we're going to have our drivers wear those because we thought awesome. how cool to have our drivers deliver pizza with the hat that says Inspire. Let so, me know if you need any magnetic signs, do we do those? Oh, what else do you do? Oh, graphic design, apparel, signs, and banners. So, so any any oh banners okay oh, yeah. okay so wow. so really you can you can set up businesses with what about business cards stuff like that we can do the layouts I mean okay all we're gonna do is tell you here's the artwork we're just gonna go to a, a local printer and get it done anyways okay so it'd be cheaper for you to just get the layout done and get it done okay but what a great Christmas gift too you know Christmas is coming up it would be a good time to get absolutely baseball caps hoodies um, inspire. Yeah. Why not give that away for Christmas? Yeah. That hat. So <laughs> it's inspire.com. Inspireshirt.com. Okay, inspireshirt.com. And, uh, and then if they want to look me up, you can just Google Eric Patrick Thomas. Always use all three word or all three names. So you can go to Facebook. You can see me, Instagram, Twitter. And the name of the company is the letter E. The letter Z. Awareness by design. Awareness by design. The, so that's another avenue that they can go to. Right. And then uh, for D-Man Foundation, it's my mydman.org, mydman.org. And that's where you can see all the great things that the foundation is doing. Right. I'm one of the ambassadors. Right. I love my D-Man family out there. All right. And they love and, you. And yeah, they all do. the support that we have had that's helped us build the foundation. I know they're listening right now. And and you guys, um, you're always looking for volunteers, I know, with the D-Man. Um, and yeah. if you can't volunteer, donating, right? That's right. Yeah, that, yep. uh, go to mydman.org or go to their Facebook page. There, uh, I know that there's also an Amazon donation, too, um, that they can do. Yeah, they're always looking for people to donate or donate studio equipment or your time. Um, uh you know, whatever. If, if you don't have uh, money to donate, t- just just helping out. That really right. it really helps out. And if you know somebody, uh, uh, physical or mental disability, uh, uh, let's 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 bring them in and, and show them and get and show show their ability because it, it is possible. There are people that are making music that right. are not moving from the, the neck down or anything. They're they're using their mouth and their their breath and whatever, whatever they have, whatever their ability that they possibly could use, even if it's a finger or something or their mind, we figure it out. We figure it out and we get them and we get them to make music or they can create their beats or they can perform. I think that's such an amazing thing, that music therapy. I know, I do too. It is. And if you listen to the the first album, to the second album, all of our, you know, the the original, the people, the D-Man artists, that they've grown we've grown so much yeah we've matured we've grown it's, it's like and, and that's true therapy right these, these people have so you know their social life and and it's a it's a it's a we're brothers and we're sisters we're family yeah and uh it's for life and you can see how how much it's helped and it's helped people's life and the survival and the quality of life and it's it's just amazing. Boy, that is no other, oh. Yeah, and the, nobody else is doing it anywhere. In right. This, I think the continent, you know, so, you know, the D-Man Foundation, the Barrier Free Music Therapy Recording Studio. Right, Sandbox. Sandbox Studio. Yeah, it's such it's, a great idea. It is. And then, you know, we have, you know, we have our, our music therapist, uh, Graham and Mary, and then Josh, Josh, but, you know, and. The Kassab family, you know. and Yeah, they're and amazing. It's, and it's all in the legacy of Danny. Right, right. And if you look at that video, a lot of people don't know that video came out at 4.13 p.m. on Monday. 
and also at the very beginning of it in the corner it says 413 that's the birthday of of Danny oh wow and that's also the launch the the grand opening that when the studio opened up oh wow, so we, wow. Had it, we had it on the 13th oh that is sorry. yeah so that's all yeah sorry um I, we're gonna have to wrap up but uh we're gonna close the show today with a song that you wrote and the, I think you wrote this about me because the name of it is Beat My Belly Like a Bongo, oh, right? <laughs> Did you, were you thinking of me when you wrote but, that? But, our, but aren't bongos hard? <laughs> oh, well, what do you say it, Denise? That's a good one. All right. I'll let you have that one. But um, we, Now, did you write the lyrics to that song? I didn't, I didn't even have to write the lyrics. I, when Bane Town, the producer, he came, mm-hmm. he brought his mobile studio to me. Okay. And that was what was on my mind he was like this what's on your mind like what do you want to do i was like i got this to beat my belly like a bongo on my head he was <laughs> it's like, a just, great song let's just roll with that and, 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 <laughs> how and do you con- come up with a beat my belly like a bongo he knew he was going to be on the nooner show so you know <laughs> jesse spilled jesse spilled food on my stomach oh. and she and was she wiping, wiping it up and, and she was beating your belly mind. like a bongo well that's how my mind works anytime things i'm very like jingly you know, like I make jingles, I make jingles a lot. So yeah. um, I was like, "That sounds like a bongo," and I was like, "Beat, beat my belly like a bongo." And so, and that was it. That that, and that was. You it. never know and, where right. an idea comes but, from. But, no, no but the song took when when he used to, we started make working on the the beat because I told them how I, how it's in my head. Then we were like, "Okay, well, let's do the verses." So I just I did, it was all in the head. So I just said, "You know, my belly feeling empty," and I was like, "Okay." My belly feeling empty, and then we went back, and then we did that, and we're like, okay, let's do another four bars. Let's do like, let's do more bars, and then we got to that, and then the the chorus, and we listened to that, and then he came back again, and then uh, I did have something writ- wrote down, but it, I don't know what happened to it. So when he got there, he was like, "You ready?" I'm like, "Uh, I don't know where it is." So let's just let's just go off the top of the head, and so um, and it really took on something. It's basically like feeding my belly. Feed me with inspiration. Wow. And that's kind of like what it is when you listen to it. It's all the things that kind of inspire. Like, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking for some inspiration. Feed me something. So, wow. And that's kind of like what where it took its, uh, I don't know, things when I do things, that or they just happen. Well, um, so. I can see why Christina DeBusk titled uh, that article, Are You Running a Business or Are You Changing the World? Yeah. And you are definitely changing the world. And you you know, have just an incredible this story. And, I mean, you're, you're feeding a lot of people I with I was just going to say, you have filled me up. Oh, and I'm yeah. sure Jackie Same as well. And everybody in the room. So, I, uh, and, and the one thing that people don't see is it's like a movie. You see the movie and you get to enjoy it. But there's everybody behind scene. Yeah. The director and the AD and the producer and the light person and the boom person, all the stuff that goes in, those are the people that people don't get to see. They just get to see me, picture, video, hi. But there's a lot of people, so I'm so grateful for my team, my team and everybody that makes everything happen. And, um, you know, and my, my family and my friends and all my supporters. And so I just want to be able to make sure everybody knows that. Great. Everybody knows that. And, uh, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, I thank God that I'm, I'm blessed. I really do. I I pray about it every day. Well, thank you so much for yeah. coming out today and sharing your story. And Jesse, thank you um, for being a part of this. And, yes, and thank you to um, the Nooner Show to have. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's noon somewhere. It is Nooner time, <laughs> and uh, we're going to end with. Uh, now they can get the music on SoundCloud too, right? They can they go can, on SoundCloud I, I made my to first listen. Artist page. Oh, you did? That was my. That's my first artist page. Okay, yeah. so your artist page is. It's it's sound. It's on SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud. So they just go yeah. to Eric Patrick Thomas. I think. Well, look, I got it okay. under Mister Inspire. So. Oh, okay, Mister so, Inspire. Yeah, that's what they wanted to. Okay, and then Easy Awareness by Design. Easy um, Awareness by Design is InspireShirt.com. Okay, get some Christmas gifts and inspire some people this year because yeah. uh, you're inspiring us. Uh, so we are going to wrap it up. And what we say and in D-Man is be the miracle. That's, that's the, right. Be always. the miracle. Yes. And so we're going to end the show right now. With, yeah. Uh, we want to re- remind everybody always, sometimes your only available transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap. And happy hump day. 
Go. 